This episode of the Expat Cast is sponsored by BetterHelp. As expats, immigrants, foreigners, people living abroad, we face plenty of challenges outside the norm that might sometimes feel like a little bit too much, especially when you add on to that a global pandemic that separates you from friends and family and isolates you in your new country. So yeah, I can understand why some of y'all might be interested in seeking therapy. BetterHelp is a great option for just that. They are an online service that connects you with a qualified therapist with whom you can do sessions via video, via telephone, or even via chat. I actually have several expat friends here in Germany who use BetterHelp for their therapy. One fellow American found it important that her therapist understands her U.S. background. For another, her insurance just didn't cover therapy, so she was going to have to pay out of pocket either way, and BetterHelp can actually be a bit cheaper than in-person therapy. One major benefit is how quick and easy BetterHelp is. Finding therapy through the German system can mean months of paperwork, a language barrier, a cultural barrier, all things that can make an already overwhelmed feeling even worse. But with BetterHelp, you actually get matched within 48 hours of signing up, and then you can get right to diving into the issues that brought you there in the first place. To learn more and sign up yourself, head on over to betterhelp.com slash expatcast. And as a special offer to the expatcast listeners, you can actually save 10% on your first month. Once again, that's betterhelp.com slash expatcast. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Welcome to the Expat Cast. This is the podcast where expats share their stories about fitting in, standing out, and every mishap on the journey to finding home abroad. I'm your host, Nicole. I often mention that I love getting ratings and reviews from you guys on Apple Podcasts or on my website, but it's actually been a really, really long time since I've gotten one. So I thought before we get to today's episode, I'll share a couple most recent ones and also share with you the dates for them. And maybe you'll take pity on me and go leave me a more recent review. First up, a review from Amy DT back in January of 2021. She says, a perfect introduction to life in Germany and the expats who choose to live here. A big thanks to Nicole for an authentic take on life in Germany. It's refreshing to hear about the good times, the likely challenges, and the absolute hilarious antics that can ensue during life abroad. And I'm grateful for the virtual introductions she regularly makes to other expats from all around the world who call Germany home. It's helpful to learn from each other and feeling like we're all on this amazing journey together. She gave it five stars. I really like that review for several reasons, um, but one that stands out to me is mentioning the connections with other expats, because that's actually something I value about the show myself, and it's something I, I also benefit from. One of my favorite types of messages to get is from you guys when you tell me that you got in contact with someone who you heard on the show, or you decided to use one of the resources that I've shared, or tried one of the ideas presented by someone on the show. And even tonight, actually, appropriately enough, I just met up with someone who is a fellow librarian in Freiburg who's also a foreigner. And the reason we found out about each other is because she's real life friends with someone I recently interviewed on the podcast who I'm only online friends with. And through him, she came in contact with me and said, hey, we got to meet up. And she was so cool. So things like that happen through the podcast for me. And I love hearing that it happens for listeners, too. All right, now the most recent review I have is from Tom in Japan. He also gave the show five stars and he said, amazing and comprehensive. The Expat Cast is an amazing podcast that covers everything from relationships, learning a language, preparing to travel abroad, 
confusion about whether to stay or not, and more. Nicole brings a lighthearted and humorous take on the good times and the bad times of living abroad as an expat. A very lovely review, which Tom left in June of 2021, so about eight months ago. And that's my most recent review. That makes me pretty sad because I've had a whole season since then, including several episodes I'm pretty proud of. So thank you first off to Amy and to Tom and to everyone else who has left a review. And if you're not Amy, Tom, or someone else who's left a review, now is your time to join the ranks. It would really make my day if I could get some more recent reviews that reflect some of the more recent work I've been doing on the show. And as always, it can be an honest review. So if there's things that you don't like so much, you can share that as well. All right, with that said, let's get to today's episode. I am so excited to talk to Miss Emily Ann Hamburg, as she is known online. I followed her on Instagram for, I don't know, a while now, and it was so cool to actually get to talk to her because it turns out we have a lot in common, including that we are born one day apart, we moved abroad at the same age, and we both have a background in dance and theater, a love for Portugal, and of course, we both call Germany home. Emily is just such a joy to talk to, and I know you guys are going to love hearing from her just as much as I did talking to her. So with that, let's get to the episode. Enjoy! My name is Emily Claire Hughes. I am currently living in Hamburg, Germany. I was born and raised in the U.S., so I was actually born in Atlanta, Georgia. We then lived in Minnesota for a bit and then settled outside of Washington, D.C. in Maryland in the middle of nowhere. Basically, what I consider home is in Maryland. But then when I was 18, I moved to New York. Um, I studied in New York and I stayed in New York basically until I moved abroad at about 26. I first landed in Portugal and then I eventually wound up in Germany where I am now. I think I've been here for about two years now. Can I also ask how old you are? I'm 29 and I'm so happy we're recording this now because in like about a month, I turned 30. <laughs> When's your birthday? Because I turned 30 in exactly one month. Oh, wait, really? Mine's the 18th. I'm the 19th. Oh, wow. How cool is That's that? so crazy. Oh, oh wow. Are different star signs. <laughs> yeah, you're a Pisces, yeah? Exactly. And yeah. I'm Aquarius, yeah. Some people try to tell me I'm Aquarius and I fight back. <laughs> wow, I wonder what that means, how you feel about Aquarius. Interesting. <laughs> I do actually feel that it could be true. I just, I'm, I actually don't know that much about astrology. I just always joke that because Pisces are fish. I, I really like to be near water. It's so comforting to me. I use that as an excuse a lot where I'm like, well, I have to go on vacation to somewhere where there's an ocean because I'm a Pisces. So, so that's really what's at stake for me. If I was Aquarius, then it's a bit trickier. <laughs> and honestly, you might might like Hamburg a lot because we've got a lot of water. I'm telling you, I am nervous to visit Hamburg because <laughs> I'm convinced I'm going to love it and I'm going to want to move there, which I, I guess would be fine. But <laughs> I think you will, to be honest. <laughs> Let's go through the moves a little bit closer before sure. we dive in to the Germany part. So yeah. New York was first, which I feel like it's probably already essentially moving abroad in some sense. <laughs> <laughs> That's really true. I mean, for sure. I definitely had a bit of culture shock, I think, when I moved to New York, but also I don't know. I think as a teenager, I just always had this feeling growing up in a tiny town, which was amazing, by the way. But I think I just had this feeling that I loved cities. I always loved to be around the hustle and bustle. I just felt like I had to go to New York. Um, and as soon as I got there, I just kind of found myself like truly, honestly, it was just amazing. Like I've always been such a city person, but I think being exposed to so many different things, so many different cultures, so many different languages for me was really, really cool. So you're right. I mean, it was basically like moving abroad. 
Yeah, and I feel like you can get so inspired to move so many places because even exploring New York gives you that same feeling. But I, I know it too from big cities. You're, you get on one hand, you're totally lost in the big city because it's yeah. so much. And then on the other hand, you're like, there's so much here. What's what's over there? And I'm, I'm trying this food that I've never had before. And I'm talking to someone from this country that I'd honestly never heard of. And it, yeah, so I can see I can see how New York is a good launching pad to the move abroad. <laughs> yeah, completely. And I mean, I think I was there for about seven years. Every time I go back and visit now, there's still so much I still find is new and exciting to discover in New York. I mean, I think you can never run out of things to explore. What was the initial decision to leave New York? Here's where the story gets really weird. Um, so I was living in New York as a professional singer, actor, dancer. So that's what I studied. I studied musical theater. So New York is definitely the place to be. But I was feeling a bit stuck with my career. Um, I mean, it, we could go into like details about the actors union for Broadway and all kinds of stuff, but it doesn't really matter. All that really matters is I was feeling kind of stuck and I felt like my career wasn't going to progress in New York. So I wanted to take a break and either go do a tour or let's say a cruise line, because actually as a singer, working on a cruise ship is an amazing job. Um, it allows you to travel, you see the world, you have really awesome treatment on the ship, like you have a lot of perks and privileges. Yeah, so I just kind of set about making this a goal with my agents in New York. They were on board. A couple months later, after a bunch of different auditions, sure enough, I booked this super random cruise job for a cruise line called Aida, which I had never heard of before. Um, but, you know, we all looked through the contract. It said I got to live in Germany for a little while and then go start traveling around the world on a large ship. So I just kind of said, yeah, why not? And I went for it, which was, I mean, slightly crazy because I literally knew nothing. Like, I think at one point... <laughs> I was curious, like, if I was going to be on these tiny, like, Rhine River cruises or something. Like, yeah. I just knew nothing. Like, I had never even heard of Hamburg, and that's where I was going to be living while I was rehearsing. So the whole thing was just this massive gamble. But, I mean, at this point, I think I was 25. I figured I had nothing to lose. And, you know, I wanted to do a cruise line. And instead, and instead of just, like, going in circles around the Bahamas, I got to go live in Germany, see the world. Like, for me, it was just check, 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 and check. So that's what actually originally brought me to Hamburg for the first time. And had you traveled much before this move? It depends on what the comparison is. I would say compared to the average German person, no. Compared to the average American, yes. Because I think I got lucky that my, my mom is a big traveler, at least at heart. So like when we were kids, my sisters and I were always so pissed that like we had never been to Disney World. But my parents <laughs> were always like, we're not going to take you to Disney World. We're going to take you to Costa Rica instead. And I think my out of all of my sisters, I think I'm the one that kind of got that wanderlust in my heart more than anyone else. So like when I, I was looking at studying abroad at one point, but honestly, it was just too expensive. Um, so instead, when, before my junior year of college, I think I did a trip to Vietnam. Basically, I was like, I just need to go and see something and experience something new. I felt like I could really learn something by seeing something new in the world at that point in my life. And I was like, okay, where's a place I've never even thought about going? It doesn't sound that great. Based on like, for instance, I grew up hearing Vietnam like war stories from my grandfather. So I saw a deal come up for Vietnam one day and I was like, yeah, let's go. I feel like I need to go. I feel like I need to see something new, do something different. And so I went. And I think for me, that trip was pretty transformational in the sense that my eyes were just completely open to so many things. I mean, A, solo traveling, B, really seeing another country from not an American standpoint, like going to the Vietnam War Memorial Museum and seeing the entire war from the Vietnamese perspective was incredibly eye-opening. I think from that point on, I was just kind of hooked. I was like, where else can I go? What else can I see? Like, this is like a proper education. Yeah, I mean, that first feeling of 
it's almost like decentering yourself and your home country. I think especially as Americans, yeah. this is so shattering and in some ways could be terrifying, but is also really enticing. And it's that feeling like when you're learning something new and you start to realize how much you don't know. And that's right. when you know you're really making progress. Uh, yeah. yeah. So where did this cruise take you then? <laughs> I know it's so weird. So I lived in Hamburg for two months. And then once we got on the ship, my first contract was the Baltic Sea. So on that route, we went to Helsinki in Finland. We went to Stockholm in Sweden. We went to Tallinn in Estonia and we went to St. Petersburg in Russia. So what was really cool for me, especially as an American, we don't really go to Russia. It's not like at the top of everyone's list. And so I was able to get a visa in advance and be allowed to go and kind of like explore Russia every time we were there, which was so cool. So that was my first contract. And then I think at the end, we popped into like Copenhagen and maybe... Oh, in Oslo. We were in Oslo a lot as well, which was really cool. And after that contract, I actually went on to do an additional two contracts with the same company because really it was a great company to work for. So then I actually saw a lot of other countries as well. And somewhere in here, Portugal comes into the picture, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was thinking it was connected to the cruise and then I was like, no. we're in St. Petersburg, we're in Oslo. <laughs> I mean, are we getting a little bit west and then south? Yeah. So after my first cruise contract, I went back to New York and... I struggled when I got back to New York because suddenly I had gone from basically having the time of my life, like eyes open to so many new places, waking up in a new country every day, being on stage every single night, doing exactly what I love to do. And suddenly it was like crash landing back into New York, paying a crazy amount of money for rent, going back to restaurant jobs when I didn't have singing gigs. And I was really struggling. And I mean, at that point, I had already agreed to do another contract with the cruise ship. So I was kind of just biding time for a couple months. Yeah, I just felt really unhappy. And I'm the kind of person where I firmly believe that if you're going to complain about something, you need to do something to enact change so that you no longer need to complain. In this situation, I was like, I am unhappy. How can I fix this situation? And for me, it was really like, I mean, I had kind of said since day one of when I landed in Hamburg, I was like, I think I'm going to live abroad. Like, I think I'm going to move. And of course, Hamburg was my goal at that point, but I had no idea how to get there. Like absolutely no idea. I didn't speak the language. I didn't have a job besides working on the cruise ship. And by that point, I had met my ex-boyfriend who had just decided to move to Portugal. And so I wound up on a road trip with him. We went to Portugal and I wound up just really liking it. I mean, it's a it's an amazing country. Being next to the beach every day is really calming. And at that point, the more I looked into it, it was actually much easier for me as an American to get a visa that, that would allow me to live in Portugal than it was for Germany. Basically, I viewed Portugal at that point as my entry into Europe, and then I would figure out what to do. I packed up everything from New York, moved to Portugal, and made that my home base while I continued to work on the cruise ship. Yeah, so the timelines overlap of like the cruise ship timeline and the Portugal timeline were the same. Exactly, yeah. So actually, after my second cruise contract, I moved to Portugal kind of like officially. I stayed after my third cruise contract. I made Portugal like my home for about a year before I moved to Germany. See, again, like 30 million things I want to ask because I literally I just got back from um, vacation in Portugal like oh, a cool. week or two ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I was there, I kept thinking, like, what is it like to live here? Because it's such a wonderful place to visit. Yeah. So o overall, like, what is what was the Portugal experience like for you? Pros, cons, any highs, any lows? I mean, I think what's so cool now is I've, I'm always harping on about perspective, right? And I think like having the perspective I have now, like if I look back at, let's say, the year and a half I lived in Portugal... It was incredible. Like I found out so much about myself. Like it is beautiful. I think I would recommend that anyone 
who likes to think or write or be creative live next to the ocean at some point because it's just amazing. But that being said, I mean, I chose to live in Portugal at a time in my life where I was going through a massive career change. I was young. I was super motivated to be in a city. I just wanted to like wake up in the morning and like make this life happen for myself kind of thing. And then I found myself like kind of stuck in this place where like nothing moved quickly. No one was ever on time. Like everyone really enjoys life, which I think is amazing. But I was at a point in my life where like I wanted to hustle. I wanted to, you know, it just, it was kind of like this clash of characters. Like I think in my opinion, like Portugal is a really amazing country. And I think Portuguese people in general, like once you're in, I would say with Portuguese people, you have friends for life. But yeah, in general, it was kind of that clash. And as well, I mean, I think, it's a bit sad what's happening in Portugal right now. Um, there's a big boom for digital nomads and there are a lot of Scandinavian people coming in and buying up, you know, gorgeous places, turning them into massive hotels and hostels and actually outpricing locals in a lot of places. And um. I did start to see a lot of animosity between locals and foreigners in some instances. Of course, this is not happening everywhere and there are amazing foreign investments doing things for Portuguese people as well. But in general, it was just... It was just kind of one thing after another that I was like, you know what, maybe this isn't the right place for me right now. I think I could come back later in life when I just want to chill. The yoga community in Portugal is amazing. Like if you want to do yoga and work on a project and be surrounded by cool vibes all day, Portugal is a place I would 100% recommend. But I think for me, just it wasn't the right time to be there. It's so interesting, like exactly what you were saying with perspective, because when you tell the story of you're, you're living in Portugal, you're, you're still doing your cruise ship stuff, and you have this new relationship, and all these moves are kind of happening simultaneously, it sounds like such an eventful era of life, like a lot of stuff is happening, but you're saying what your experience was in the moment was that you felt stagnant in some way, or you felt like there was more that you were being left out of by being there. It's a really interesting way to put it. I, and I think you're right, because it, I think I'm the kind of person where I do like to make things happen for myself. So for instance, like I felt like I didn't really have like-minded friends in Portugal. So I started a women's business group because I was like, well, they must be out here. Let me just make something that they want to come to. <laughs> so I did, you know, and like, and then people caught on. What's cool about living in like smaller towns, especially in places like Portugal, is that people are very supportive because it's such a creative place. So people did support massively any sort of initiative somebody wanted to start, which was really cool. So there were definitely things happening. At a certain point, I just wanted to join things that other people were making happen that were really relevant to where my life was at, the, at that moment in time. And I just couldn't find them. When you mentioned it was easier to get the visa there as an American and all this kind of stuff, were you able to do all of that kind of paperwork and organizational stuff on your own? I was. I mean... I say on my own in the sense that for Portugal, it's a bit weird. You actually have to, I don't know if this has changed since I did this, but you had to go through this agency. I think it was called VFS or something like that, where they were like the official agency that would handle the visa stuff. So it was a bit confusing. And honestly, every time I called their customer service, they had different answers to the same question. So <laughs> I actually question how helpful they are. So I did do it on my own. It was definitely not fun. Like I remember there was one day I was in DC like running back and forth from offices because I was missing like a stamp on something. It was like, I think I had printed my background check and my background check was missing like a cover letter. And I was like, well, it didn't come with a cover letter. They were like, oh, sorry. Well, you're going to have to go and get this cover letter. Oh my gosh. They, they need these things that literally don't exist on the other yeah. side. You're like, yeah. how do I explain to you that 
this doesn't exist. And then you're talking to the people on like the America side being like, can you find a stamp somewhere? Yeah. And oftentimes they're like, oh, this is irrelevant. You're like, well, somebody thinks it's relevant. So it matters today, (laughs) you know? Yeah. So there were definitely days where I was super frustrated. And I mean, at one point I won't lie, like I was really nervous. I was really, really nervous when I submitted my paperwork because at this point I had just started to work as a freelancer I could prove that I had income coming in, but like it wasn't that much at this point in time. So I was so nervous. Like the day I got the the email that my visa had been approved. And it was so funny is they send like the shortest, unfriendliest email. And I was like in tears. I was like, oh my God, like I did it. I did it on my own. This is amazing. And I sent this like lengthy email back, like thanking this person and like just never received, <laughs> never received a reply. <laughs> Yeah, I, I've been in that moment too where you're like, you just changed my life. Literally. You just want them to know. And then you're like, oh, no, you don't care. You just stamped something. And okay, cool. Yeah, it's like, oh my gosh, I hope like, because how often in life are we just complaining about things to people on the other end of like yeah. customer service lines or something? So when mm-hmm. I can, I always do try and go out of my way to tell somebody like, thank you. Or like, like you said, wow, you really changed my life. And then they they just don't care. <laughs> And then this was all for the Portugal visa. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We haven't made it to Germany yet. <laughs> I'm, my question fully came from the point of view of like, I mean, I've only moved from the US to Germany and I only know having to go through that paperwork here in Germany. And I so associate tears and stamps with Germany that I'm like, oh my gosh, Portugal too? <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, I would say in Portugal, it's less scary because in Portugal, there just always seems to be a workaround. There's rules and they make them sound scary. But then there's always there's always someone who's like, ah, oh, well, you know, you could also just do da 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 da, and you're like, oh, okay, so it's not like, so I can stop crying, you know? <laughs> yeah, so yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Germany just seems a bit more strict. I don't mess around with Germans, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, I was just noticing that on my short vacation there. I mean, I went in the first week of January 2022. So this is peak Corona times everywhere in Europe pretty much. Mm. And I was having so much nervousness that I wasn't going to be able to go. When I got there, it was like, oh, I don't actually know what all the rules are. And and I was so in my German mind. Yeah, just being reminded of like, at the end of the day, we're all people. And, and it's like, yeah, we need to, of course, with COVID stuff, you need to take it su- super seriously. At the same time, it's just a little bit of relaxation, a little bit of leeway, still yeah. feeling safe, because again, they are still having lots of rules there. They, all, they are still taking it seriously. But but it's this human factor that yeah. really nice. Yeah. And I think I think that's what I've actually talked about with a few like international friends that it always feels really special when like I would say, for instance, my my community of friends in Germany, like Germans included, are very welcoming, open, flexible people. Like I think we've all found each other because we do miss that living here for sure. Yeah, it's it's true. Like the people are one way, but then the systems and the bureaucracy, which is in everything like there's just way more bureaucracy here than other places and there's pros and cons to that which we could debate but I mean at the end of the day just is what it is and I can really know what you're saying with like yes it was a lot of paperwork yes it was stressful at the same time it was kind of survivable you still felt like a person at the end of the day and now to transition to (laughs) how did it go moving to Germany from from Portugal (laughs) (laughs) um (laughs) Yeah, I mean, honestly, so I was in Portugal, right? And I was there and I was feeling like it wasn't really my place or maybe I wasn't happy. And at this point, it was also kind of a reflection of my relationship as well. And 
my ex was working all over the world. So at one point he was like stationed in the Maldives for six months. So he was in the Maldives. And then here I am in this little surf town in Portugal, (laughs) trying to like build this new career for myself. And at a certain point, I think I just had enough days where I was like, you know what, I just feel like this doesn't fit. Like, I I think it's just not my place for now, like I was just saying. And so, you know, I kind of went into, okay, like, here we go again. You know, if you're not really happy with something, like, let's try and come up with a way to fix it. Like, where are you happy? Um, And I just kept thinking about Hamburg and how much I loved it. And German cities in general do have a bit more buzz going on. I mean, they're also very structured, super clean. (laughs) Everything runs on time, generally speaking, which is like music to my ears. Yeah. So what was interesting is I think like when I moved to Portugal, they definitely did it like with my ex. So like my relationship, I think helped me feel much more settled there. But at this point, I think I was really coming into a new career, coming into a new country. And I was really kind of coming into my own a lot. And and so for me, just the more I sat and thought about it and then actually just started saying it out loud, like, I think I'm going to move to Hamburg, the more it just felt really right. And so then I was like, okay, well, how am I going to do this? And really at this point in time, like, it's important to say that like, yes, my ex was a lovely person, but I mean, he was off in the Maldives. So to be honest, he wasn't that much help. Um, So I decided I was going to move to Hamburg. And I think he just kind of had to accept this because I'm not just going to stay there and house sit for him in Portugal. You know what I mean? I was, I was on a mission to kind of build this life for myself. So I told him I was going to move to Hamburg and yeah, then I just kind of said about making it happen. And I will say in the beginning, it was weird and scary. And I definitely didn't do it the right way because I moved right in the middle of the pandemic. I was really unsure how all of the visa things worked. The only thing that I knew I could do was try and find a job with a German company that would sponsor my visa. Luckily, I found one. And something very interesting that I then found out was that if you make above a certain salary level, and I mean, We're not talking like rolling in the dough six-figure salaries. But if you make above a certain threshold, you can actually go to like what they call the Hamburg Welcome Center. And then you avoid all of the immigration office, I guess is kind of what it would translate to. And you can avoid all of like the lines and the queues and this and that. And just go to this nice office where they kind of help you fill out all the paperwork and expedite the whole process. It's amazing. So then from that point on, I was like, okay, cool. This is going to be my crutch. For sure, it was still scary because I was scared to give wrong answers or fill out the wrong form or things like that. But that was kind of a game changer for me. And so from then on out, it was kind of smooth sailing, to be honest. Yeah, moving to Hamburg, especially after it's kind of been in your mind for at this point years, and then making such a big decision to say, hey, I'm just I'm doing this. How was it in reality compared to whatever you'd built up in your head at this point? It kind of was what I had built up in my head. And I think that's what I found to be really cool. I mean, I did an exploratory trip a few months before I really wanted to move just to make sure. And like I came in winter, the weather was awful. And I just wanted to make sure like, okay, do I really like this place enough that like this is where I want to make my home? And I had the best time. I seriously had the best time. So then, you know, I was I was pretty sure that it would work. And then it did. I mean, I think I'm quite a social person in general, but I'm also pretty good at making things happen, I would say. So I felt like I just started to make things happen. I started to find friends. I started to find, you know, like I found a really cool running group. And I feel really lucky that I was able to kind of make these things happen to give myself the sense of community here, even when we were in the midst of like a really strict lockdown. Like, I won't lie. It was not like going out to bars, having a great time all the time. But like, I always had really cool people that I could meet up with. Honestly, as soon as I got here, it just felt right. I love those moments where you're like, okay, I did this crazy thing. And it wasn't so crazy. It was just... yeah what was right. Yeah. 
So when the breakup came, did that change much for you? (laughs) I mean, in my opinion, like that whole relationship like happened for a reason. And in the most beautiful sense, like I think I just kind of outgrew it in the sense that like I was really finding myself like and when I came to Hamburg, like I remember being like, this is my place. Like I have found now like a job that I love. I found people that I love. Like I'm learning the language and crazily enough, like I actually like it. Like one thing after another was just like, I think every now and then I hope we as humans give ourselves those moments to really reflect, right? And be like, I did this, like I did this and I feel so proud of myself for it, you know, and I'm so happy here. And every now and then I would have those check-ins with myself and time and time again, I just kept going, yeah, but like, there's just one thing that doesn't fit with this life. You know what I mean? And it really was that relationship. And I think, I mean, at at this point, I I, I give credit to my ex because I think we both knew this and we both felt it. And so then it was really kind of just time to part ways because I think the me that was living on a cruise ship, going back to New York, trying to figure out what she was doing with her life was a very different me than, you know, almost three years later, really having roots in Hamburg, Germany, not wanting to go anywhere. And so I think like, I just went through a lot of growth. And I think at that point, I couldn't grow anymore with that relationship, but I knew I was in the right place. And I mean, I guess I said that kind of crass when I was like, did it change anything? Of course, (laughs) I just want to acknowledge, of course, (laughs) relationship ending is a huge change and and it comes with a lot to it. And I don't, yeah, I don't want to just ignore all of that. It goes without saying that, of course, after I was no longer writing or calling with a German person every day, there were certain things that definitely did get harder, you know, like, oh, shoot, I need to answer this scary German email for a fine for leaving my cardboard box on the curb. And I don't know what I do. Like, and that's the thing that like, I could do not like I probably would have asked him. And suddenly I had to deal with it on my own. So there were definitely things that became harder. I mean, oh, also talk about timing. The time I broke up with him was also the time that I got really stressed because I needed to find a new apartment. Because it turns out I couldn't register my official address in the like the shared flat I had moved into. I didn't know this when I moved in there. It was a whole thing. So we broke up, I needed to find a home. And also I was going through my visa process at the same time. And like, there were days that were definitely rough. Like, I'm a very positive person, but there were really days where I was like, if I could just catch a break right now, like that would be wonderful. And yeah, I mean, in the end, I clearly got through it, found an amazing flat, got the visa, got an amazing boyfriend that like, now everything's really great. Um, but there were definitely some days that were (laughs) like, not ideal. I could say that. Yeah. 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 I mean, as much as everything was right, that doesn't mean that everything was all right, you know? (laughs) And I think also like everyone processes emotions differently anyways. But then when you think about like doing it in another country where sometimes you don't feel the most familiar, it's just kind of an added layer of emotions, I think sometimes. And I mean, (laughs) I'm an emotional person anyway, so there were a lot of feelings happening. And especially when, you know, you're going into your 15th apartment showing and it's not going well. And every now and then just felt like, you know, it would be cool to do this with somebody else. But, you know, in the end, I didn't. And I think that's fine. And I think I feel a bit lucky that I almost did do more of it on my own. One thing that is kind of cool, no matter how much or how little he was helping you with all of this stuff. And in this case, it's a relationship. But honestly, it could be anything. It could be a friend that you were relying on or a job that they were really helpful with the visa process. And then you lose the job or something like that. Whenever you lose that crutch, I think what surprises me time and again in life is how that space gets filled by other people and other 
ways. And and it can be such a beautiful experience. Although again, the emotions are happening. So it's not going to feel so glowy in the moment. But when you don't have that person on call to just say, hey, why am I getting in trouble for a cardboard box? Right. <laughs> you do need to ask someone. And sometimes it's the internet. And sometimes it's that new friend you just met up for coffee once and you're like, hey, sorry to bother you. But but it, you know, it makes you reach out to people in different ways, or it makes you learn that you do have it in you to figure it out yourself. And I think these are all really important and sometimes lovely things to have happen. That's That was exactly what did happen is I kind of went, oh gosh, like I can't just keep all of these feelings and experiences to myself. Like I do need, you know, people. And and I think normally it, it's a natural human thing when you're going through a rough spot in life just to kind of surround yourself with people that you either look up to or are inspired by and who will even just listen sometimes. And I think I felt so lucky at that point that I had put so much effort into making friends when I first moved to Hamburg that I had a really great group of people to turn to. Um, And I think if I had just moved here and kind of coasted and not put too much effort into trying to meet new people, putting myself out there, um, I think it could have turned out much, much differently. And you alluded to that things are at a really great spot right now, but I would love to hear a little bit more about today. So I think this was, you know, we, we just talked about your move and then your process of settling in and sort of then resettling and et cetera over the last two years. But yeah, how are things looking these days? I mean, things these days are really awesome. Like the other day, I really just had a moment of like, wow, I'm so happy with like where life has taken me and like where I am now. And, you know, looking back on the past couple of years, I mean, I definitely feel like Germany to me for some reason is home. And I know it's so weird. Like the number of Germans I talk to who are like, why would you ever move from Portugal to Germany? Because everyone does the opposite. I don't know. I just feel like it's home here. I really love it. And I think I really love my job. And to me, it's important to kind of be inspired by the thing that I'm doing every day. And I feel so incredibly lucky that I was able to find a job in Hamburg, which is a much less international city than Berlin. It's still quite international, but I mean, Berlin's just like another level. So the fact that I was able to find a job that I absolutely love, where I don't have to speak fluent German every day, you know, to have a, a really cool community of people, like both people to run with, workout sessions. You know, I have a yoga class that I go to every week. I have an awesome group of friends. We're always trying out new restaurants, you know, going on day trips. And then about six months ago, I actually met like an amazing man who's come into my life and really kind of shown me other parts of Germany as well, which is really cool. Yeah, I just feel really lucky with I think all the decisions or not even decisions, I think also some of the circumstances, um, (laughs) as well as decisions that kind of led me to where I am now. I mean, there are definitely still Germanisms that hit me every day. I got hit with this like additional utilities bill in November at the same time that like, not to get like too graphic here, at the same time that I found out that like, my birth control was like, not a thing that was going to be covered by health insurance here. To me, that was like a shock. And then there was something else. And they all hit in this one month. And I was like, Germany, like you're really trying me right now. Like this is is not what I moved here for. So of course, there are days that are still a bit like, what? I wasn't expecting this. Um, But then I think what's cool is like, so the reason I got them was because this is my this is my first year living in my own apartment, you know, that's under my name. And, you know, I'm so proud to have this space to come home to every day. So it's kind of interesting to see now, okay, well, with this kind of pride also comes a responsibility. But yeah, I mean, I think at the moment, I'm just really, really happy with where life has taken me. And you've dropped some 
really wise words throughout. But before we wrap up, I want to ask if there's any life lessons that you've learned through this all, any mottos or concepts that you've come back to when making all of these various decisions, or even when you say circumstances. I mean, circumstances happen too or present themselves to you all the time and, and some you don't take and then they become nothing, right? And others you do take. So there's just, there was a lot going on throughout this whole, I mean, post-New York life of yours. Yeah. And, and, and what have you, what have you, come to internalize us just part of how you're looking at life these days? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's it's a really good question. And there are two things that are very important to any sort of big decision or move abroad. And I would say kind of two guiding principles for how I've lived my life, I would say for like the past five years, for instance. And I think the first thing I realized was that I could live anywhere in the world, but it wouldn't help me figure out what I wanted in life. That was a big thing I learned in Portugal. I needed to figure out what I wanted before I just started showing up in different places thinking I would find it there. And by thinking about things like that, I mean, I think it really kind of led me to, like I said, like I would say the past couple of years were really big years of growth for me because I set about trying to live my life in a way that I would be proud of. So for me, that was a really big thing was consciously taking time to figure out what I wanted before I just started you know, becoming a digital nomad and showing up in Bali for some reason. Like, I think I really <laughs> needed to figure out what I wanted in life before I just started jetting off all over the place. Because I think oftentimes, like, travel can be an amazingly educational experience, but I think it can also propel us to become even more lost if we already are looking to be found. For me, I was really happy to kind of have found myself, like, when I came to Hamburg, um, and even a bit before. And I think... Probably the second thing that I am always harping on and on about in my blog, and people are probably sick of hearing about this, is to me, it's a it's a combination of balance and perspective. I say this knowing that like, yeah, I go to yoga, but like I am really one of the world's like most imbalanced people because I do <laughs> things at like a million miles an hour. I'm always super busy. I love running from one thing to the next. I do not meditate. Like, But for some reason, I'm always going on and on about balance and perspective because I think to me, always trying to keep the perspective on any situation helps me feel more balanced and at peace. For instance, with this whole visa process in Portugal, I think at a certain point I was getting so stressed about it. I kind of had to force myself to go, okay, Emily, like perspective. What happens if they deny your visa? Okay, here are your options. You either try again and you try differently. You try and get a new job or you go back and then you figure it out. Like, you know what I mean? It was like the yeah. world will not end if they say no. I mean, also, honestly, the same with moving to Germany and the same with like when I was super, super stressed to find an apartment at a certain point, it's like, okay, like, what are they going to say if I don't do, you know, my registration for my apartment at the same time I get my new job? Okay, maybe one piece of paper takes longer. Maybe I get fined for something, but like, I'm not going to go to jail for filling out the wrong paper. Every now and then it really just takes the perspective on the situation to make me feel more balanced. And and I would say the last thing I would say here too, and like, I hope, you know, you've talked to so many people that I hope give themselves credit in the same way that you do too, is I think for me, perspective is really powerful because it lets me kind of also take a look back on everything that I've accomplished. You know, I am about to turn 30 and I think to have had the life that I have had, lived in the places that I have lived and be at the point where I am now, not to mention like living and working on a cruise ship. It's just cool. Like, I think I look back at like the past, like, 30 years of my life almost. And I'm like, damn, that is so cool. Looking back on things with the right perspective or from an outside perspective, like honestly, probably the same with your life, you know, like to look back at things and go, wow, I did that. And like, who on earth would have thought that I would be here and now, you know, and like in this situation feeling this way. 
And so I think to me, perspective is like a really, really big thing that I've learned to appreciate the past couple of years. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a huge advocate of make your own award ceremony. You know, (laughs) (laughs) if you want New Year's to be the time that you reflect and set goals or look on the past year, great, your birthday, any day of the week, I don't really care. I just invent it whenever you want. If you were working on hard on something and then you got it, great, celebrate it. There's not these report cards and these ribbons that you got when you're a kid at school um, when you're an adult. And that doesn't mean we're not doing cool things. Actually, what we're doing is much more impressive than getting an A on a math test, you know? And so we just got to carve out the space to look at it and see it and do with as we please. I love that. I give you an A plus. (laughs) Right back at you. (laughs) Well, it's time to round the corner and head to home with the ending segment, which is called Zack, Zack, Zack. So it's a rapid fire question round where I ask you three questions that you answer without thinking it, overthinking it. Just go with your gut. You ready? I'm nervous, but I'm ready. (laughs) What is your favorite thing that's on your desk? Oh, my to-do list. It's rainbow. Okay. You have to choose one. It's like a, what's this thing in sports? These brackets? It's the brackets. (laughs) It's the last thing. It's a head-to-head battle between Portuguese pastries and German bread. Oh, German bread. 100%. Wow. Okay. so good. Oh, and this final question is so funny to me because I wrote this hours before talking to you. I have, as of today's recording, exactly one month left of being 29. What do you think is one thing that I should do while I'm still in my 20s? And now I guess the question goes for you too. <laughs> what is one thing that you should do while you, like, okay, no, I would say like treat yourself to something nice closer to home. But like, I would tell you to go travel or do something, but like God knows if that's safe and or possible. So I don't know. Right. I would say, yeah, go out and treat yourself to something nearby. Wonderful. Well, you mentioned earlier that you have a blog. So before we wrap up, can you let people know where they can find you, how they can connect? So I started my blog when I moved to Portugal. It is called Lulolo. Um, Lulolo was the name of my imaginary friend when I was a child. And uh, you can check out my blog at www.lulolo.com. Also on Instagram, I am always sharing um, tips, tricks, fun facts, accidents, funny mishaps um, of my life abroad in Germany. And you can find me at Emily in Hamburg. Thanks so much for talking. We're going to have to talk more after. We have so (laughs) many parallels going on in life. Happy almost birthday. Thank you so much. You too, Nicole. Thanks one more time to Emily for coming onto the show. Links to her Instagram and her website are in the show notes. Give her a follow. And while you're at it, make sure you're following me on Instagram and on Twitter at The Expat Cast. You can also visit me online at theexpatcast.com. As I said at the top, I would love to get a more recent review. So go on over to Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast app you're using or visit my website and leave a review there. As always, I want to thank Amy Lungi Art for the logo and Side Hug for the theme music. They're on Instagram at a hug from the side. On Thursday, I'll be back in your feeds with not one, but two Zachs. That's right. We're talking to Zachs in the city, two young American men in Stuttgart who are well-loved on TikTok and on Instagram. So until then, have a wonderful week. Stay healthy and stay safe. Bis dann. Tschüss.